Welcome to In Season, where we explore the farms, gardens, and wild spaces of the Lower Columbia Pacific region. I'm Teresa Retzloff, and today I am sitting in the most beautiful little garden in Manzanita, the Wonder Garden of the Hoffman Center for the Arts, and I am talking to Quetzal Levine. Hi, Quetzal. Hi, Teresa. Um, for those of you for whom her voice is very familiar, Quetzal is a longtime NPR correspondent for many years, and uh, a horticulture correspondent for many years too and now you are uh, sharing your gifts with this lovely space tell us a little bit about the wonder garden what is this how long has it been here and what's its purpose well let's start with the purpose i mean boy talk about talk about a garden that came into its own at the right time uh, with covid the, I'll start at the end of the story, and that is that while people were aware of the Wonder Garden, and it was, it doesn't look like it looks right now, but two years ago there was still an awful lot of plants, uh, this became the place where people could gather and be together. And all the joys that horticulture gives me, and teaching people about plants, and discovering plants and anything, it was such a high to know that we were providing a safe place for the community to hang out. Oh man, I mean, I'm real, and now they're coming anyway. <laughs> so it's become the joy of it. <laughs> it's become a place that people yeah. hang out now. Yeah. That is so yeah. wonderful. And and was this just an empty space yeah, before? So now, now I'll take you way back. Okay. In the Wayback Machine. In the Wayback Machine. Yeah. So the uh, the very first shovel went into the Hoffman Garden uh, about 2014. This was before my time. Mm -hmm. And uh, a few volunteers got together and people dug up plants from their yards and they put in a couple of beds and they planted them and they watered them and they created a garden so that it wasn't an empty lot because uh, after the Hoffman house was taken down, this was a, a, you know, a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. And so they began to garden it. And I came along in, to, I took over in, in the spring of 2018 and uh, was ambitious. I, I still couldn't, I've never been able to kick my East Coast self. I mean, I mean, I'm pretty chill now, but I've never, I've never been able to give it up. So uh, uh, we raised a bunch of money and started to expand the garden. And I proposed that it be called the Hoffman Wonder Garden. And I remember presenting that to the board and the board saying, well, what if it isn't a wonder? I was like, <laughs> Buddy, it'll be a wonder. <laughs> and the wonder of it is the beauty, you know, the horticultural diversity and the beauty. Now we have uh, 14 volunteers that at any given time are in here. Uh, we have, I should have counted, you know, in anticipation of your visit, I should have counted just how many genera we, we grow here. But we grow plants from all over the world in addition to some native plants. And it is really a showcase and a baby botanic garden to show people what is possible on the coast in this very benign zone. It's, I have to say, it's beautiful and impressive. And even just wandering around as we were getting set up before we were talking, I was struck by how many different varieties of, of plants 
yeah. there are. I, am, of course, was immediately drawn to that dynamic agave plant that you have that you quickly told me needs to go into a greenhouse. And yeah, yeah, like, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. I won't get attached. Yeah, don't get attached. But it's beautiful. I mean, I've seen hummingbirds already buzzing around. Yeah, and yeah. Clearly, you know, people are enjoying it. It is, um, we're recording this on a Friday evening, and the Manzanita Farmer's Market is in full swing, and people are wandering through on their way to the market, but also, I think, just wandering through and enjoying this space. And it's it's doing what you wanted it to do. It's an yeah. outdoor space that there's people always, are enjoying. There's always someone in here. Um, and during the summer, uh, there are always generations in here. So you'll see kids and their grandparents and uh, you'll see all manner of folk. The locals, you know, this is one of the few places where the locals aren't scared off. <laughs> like. Like, most can, of us don't want to be downtown. Yeah. In the summertime, it can be really hard when you live in these coastal communities yeah. that are such a visitor destination. Yeah. And you can feel kind of overwhelmed. Yeah, you can feel really overwhelmed. So, but yeah. yeah, I see a lot of locals here in the morning. Yeah. And there's uh, beautiful benches set up and seating areas. It's, yeah. it's, I, it's yeah. well worth a visit. And yeah, we're surrounded by a lot of really big plants at this point, which went in in 18. Uh, particularly around the periphery to kind of create uh, the old-fashioned classic garden rooms so that you could be alone. And this is, what is this? You know, it's a, it's a, your basic uh, re residential lot. What is it, 50 by 100 or something like that? It seems much bigger. Yeah. I mean, maybe because there's yeah. not a house on it now. Yeah. But it's fascinating to think what you can do with a space that isn't that big. And it is really inspiring, you know, if I could... <laughs> Someday, if I ever set my farmer personality down and go back to gardening, I feel really inspired by this to just think, oh yeah, look at these beautiful ornamentals and these gorgeous plants and seeing the, the color and the texture mixing together. And you can't eat them. It's a terrible thing, That's a, but no, you can't eat them. It's not terrible. The yeah. birds are eating them. The, 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 the insects well are yeah. absolutely benefiting from it. And yeah. I think that's a wonderful space to have. It's loosely divided by color, I mean, I've become less and less uh, uh, anal, if you will. <laughs> Rigid, dogmatic. Rigid, dogmatic <laughs> about, uh, about the colors. But I did, I needed, you know, it was really, really a blank slate and I really needed an organizing principle and that seemed like the easiest thing to do. And this, where we are right now, are the, uh, the, the pastels and the peaches. This is the fruity area here, and this is, the colors here are my favorite, and for obvious reasons, you know, these are the colors of late summer. We don't get these kinds of apricots and peaches and stuff uh, earlier, so now this comes into play. There are other areas that are really the most dynamic in the spring, and then I look at them now and I go, oh my God, this is dreadful. But then there's another bed that is be better come August. So there's always a lot going on here. I think that's really fascinating to see a garden that has different spots where you can see it in different seasons and experience, oh, this is beautiful this time of year and maybe it dies back and then this area is beautiful. Because if you try to make it all beautiful all at once, all the time, it, that seems exhausting too. Yeah, but that's a, I think that's the goal and that's the problem that I've created for myself <laughs> and, and the volunteers. Mm -hmm. Because this is, you know, sure, there are, there are some diehard plant people who are here regularly and see the change. But a lot of people just come in and come in once. And so this is a show garden. 
So you yeah. want there to be something dynamic yeah, happening. This, this is a show garden. And so you so, still got work to do. Yeah, I got work to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely have work to do. But you know, there are plants to be had. <laughs> so absolutely. I feel like that's a, a beautiful segue into one of the things I wanted to talk to you about is that um, you're having a plant sale. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is wildly exciting. Yeah, yeah. It's our third annual plant sale. And uh, the first time we kind of, you know, stumbled into it, second time was, was far more deliberate. And this one, we actually started to have meetings and planning for it in July, Whoa. which was mind blowing. Once you got a committee, it's a serious I know, thing. It's scary. <laughs> it's scary. Did you propagate most of the plants from the garden that are going to be in the plant sale? Maybe next year when we start to talk about it in March we can get a lot more that we've propagated. In fact, I actually think that it would be great as part of the horticultural arts program at the Hoffman to bring in someone to teach the volunteers plant propagation and then then that, that would be brilliant and they would learn and we would make money on that. Right now, half of it is we've propagated and half of it we bring in from the, the plant nursery that I feel has made the Wonder Garden possible and that is the largesse and the and and just the sheer joy of working with zero plants, XERA plants in Portland. It's an amazing nursery and I think it's a wonderful opportunity for people who maybe can't travel there or it's harder to get into Portland to be able to come to a plant sale like this and purchase plants, you know, from a nursery like that, from a place like this where it's unusual things. It's not what you're going to see at, you know, a supermarket plant nursery. These are some really special, unique plants. And what's I think is really cool about it is that these are plants that have been growing in this space. They have a track record here on the coast because that can be so hard for people to know, is this going to work? Exactly. In my garden. And acknowledging that we do have a lot of microclimates here on the coast. And so what might work in Manzanita might not work, you know, where I am out in Olney, east of Astoria, or in Jewel, which is much colder. You know, you have to understand your own microclimate, but still seeing these things and realizing, oh, that's an option for me. I, you know, I didn't realize I could grow that here is, is wonderful. And it's, I think it's so fun to be inspired by spaces like this and to see the combinations of plants too. And we, we, pull out stuff regularly that isn't thriving. <laughs> I was going to say we kill plants, but... I, they, you know, everyone kills plants. Everybody's cope. We do kill plants. Yeah, I, <laughs> I don't ever apologize for killing plants. Well, but you're trialing things. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we're trialing things. <laughs> and and I, I do that as well on my farm. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm going to see if this will work here. And yeah. it might be an absolute success. And I'm thrilled. I'm like, ooh, this can grow here. Yeah. And or it might be just a complete disaster. Well, and that's how you, we learn. And a lot of the holes <laughs> that are in the garden now that we've hit the end of August, beginning of September, are plants that just wouldn't tolerate less water. You know, we we water, mm -hmm. but at a certain point, some of them were just so thirsty, and it's like, hey, buddy, those days are over. You know, we cannot be catering to them. Sometimes I wonder if we'd be better off having uh, areas where we just sink pots that are filled with water retentive soils, you know, muck or something to keep them going. But really, we've got to just deal with the hand that we've been given here. And so that is, if I might call myself out on something before somebody else does, 
Um, that is one of the problems with growing native plants in this garden. This is a show garden. We talked about my need to have things looking good year round. Certainly we're not gonna fill in with annuals or anything like that to keep, keep giving people reasons to come back. But a lot of the native plants, they come and they go. They have their beautiful season of bloom and they contribute all the things that they contribute and then their history. And we do have areas where there's space and time for that to happen. But by and large, if, if I can have a plant that is not going to disappear on me so that I then need to, uh, well, I mean, we all work with succession of bloom. But I'm not so much talking about succession of bloom as leaving me with like, you know, three feet by three foot hole. So, Which looks weird in a garden like this. It does. And I think that's, that's a valid thing. And, you know, I think incorporating natives into a garden is a wonderful thing and, and great. And I always encourage that. But also understanding that we don't have to be dogmatic about things like that and that there's lots of plants that thrive in these areas and you can enjoy them as well. You can also go for a hike. Yes. Which, yes. Which is something that the Portland people f miss acutely is that, you know, their need for native plants in their gardens is a little bit different than ours because they don't have the access that we have. They have to work a lot harder to enjoy them. To the find open space. Them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, just to get out hiking and to see what there is to see. You know, if I had my druthers, I'd double the size of this thing and then have one whole wild area where... Yeah, I know it's a parking lot. I'm, I'm looking over there yeah, at the parking lot and yeah, just thinking, yeah. well, Unfortunately, yeah. the city demands that the Hoffman Center for the Arts has minimum amount of parking, so I can't take it back from them. Oh, I know. It's hard. Yeah. I, because it's never big enough. No garden is ever big enough. And there comes a point when you realize if you want to add a plant, you have to take something out. Yes, yes, which is why death in the garden is such a good thing. It can be easy to make those decisions for you. Easy to make those decisions. Are there plants that you're particularly excited about right now that you that you feel like, wow, this really worked. I'm excited about that. Is there anything that is, you know, kind of captures your interest this year that you're proud of? Oh, there's so much. I mean, it's there is so much. Is that asking who, what your favorite pet is or your favorite child? Well, no, there's my favorite. There's my favorite yes. animal. I know we are being uh, monitored by Milo, the by beautiful Milo, dog. The big golden from Ecuador. They're, um, I'm just crazy about the peaches and oranges. I just can't get over that I'm- We're, that we're talking have... plant colors, not actual peaches and yeah, oranges. I'm just saying. That's, oh, I'm sorry. Just, just oh, feel sorry, like I need to bring people. that in. <laughs> right, right, right. There is a plant there that I, that I tried and killed many times in Portland and it's called Sphyralsia uh, and it's called the globe mallow and it has small, absolutely delicious bite size apricot peach flowers looks very much like a mallow but little baby mallow flowers and it has small leaves not 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 big ugly pumped up leaves it's a straight species so it's demure and you know there it is it's like five and a half feet tall and it's just waving up there at me saying i made it this year last year didn't look that good you know, everybody, every, every, every plant in here I have a relationship with, many of them are fraught. <laughs> so when I see somebody, something good happening where I, you know, I have no guilt or shame, <laughs> hey, 
<laughs> there shouldn't be guilt or shame in the garden. But I understand where it's you're coming from. It's a relationship. From. It it's is. hard. It can be very frustrating, especially if plants don't do what you want them to do or what you think they were going to do or they misbehave or they don't perform. Yeah. Oh, it's come the on. famous adage, plants don't read, right? <laughs> they don't. I will say, um, speaking about reading, you do have great signage. Thank here. you. It's really nice. And I think that is a frustrating thing for a lot of botanic gardens or just even beautiful gardens at parks and things that you walk through. Yeah. It's really nice to know what plant are you looking at. Yeah, you yeah. Know? We found this great place in uh, in Georgia, I believe, is where he is, uh, who we just send our plant names to, triple check our spelling, put in our common names, and then we get these beautiful labels that, do, that withstand weather. So yeah, I'm very, very happy with them. It's so informative. And I think it, it adds another dimension to it where you're not just you know, absorbing the beauty of it, which is, it's very beautiful and it's a lovely space, but you're also able to learn something and then look that plant up, you know, and with everybody having a cell phone these days, you could just, if you want to remember what that plant is, just take a picture of the sign. Well, not only that, but now they're coming through with their Google searches and they're just, uh, they're able to lock in on the name of the thing and then it'll bring up the plant. I mean, Google now has its own plant database. That's crazy. Yeah, and it's not, it's, all ages are doing that. Yeah. All ages are doing that. I do have an app on my phone that I can like focus in on a leaf or an insect and it will usually help me identify what yeah. it is. Sometimes it just gets down to like a basic group, but a lot of times it can tell me what that is, which is really helpful sometimes when I'm trying to identify insects that I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not sure if that's a good or a bad thing. Well, it saved me a fortune because once upon a time I had wanted QR codes and that's really expensive to put on each label and now people just come in and do it themselves. They don't need it. And yeah, I felt that having labels on the plants was crucial. I mean, otherwise it's just, I mean, you don't learn. It's just a pretty garden. It's just a pretty garden, yeah. Coming back to your plant sale, um, one thing that I was intrigued about is that you are it's kind of a hybrid. You're having it online and in person. Yeah. So what was the decision behind that? I mean, is it just to give more people an opportunity to buy things? Um, so well, it's online for about a week? It's online for an entire week, starts September 1st at midnight, and then people are out in the world again. I mean, it's safe to come to a nursery. Yeah. And it also will get them into the Wonder Garden. And so then we have uh, a one day on September 10th when they can shop in the garden. And then it's an exhausting day because every, I'll have pictures of the plants, but a lot of, but again, the temptation is, oh, just come over here and I'll show you what it looks like and how it grows. Well, so imagine us doing that for every person that comes by during that sale. So it's an exhausting day, but it's a great day. I mean, it, it really speaks to the mission of the Hoffman Center, which is community, creativity, education, and I'm very excited that we're able to do it in person this year. I mean, of all the things that we're all so happy to be out in the world doing, it's really lovely to be able to have the plant sale. And really have those looking in, forward to it. Those in-person conversations, I think, are so wonderful. It, when you're in a garden and you're asking about stuff and you can be right there in front of the plant or you know, holding your plant and asking advice from a volunteer who's been growing it for all year and understands, it may look like this right now, but here's what it's gonna look like in April or December or Well, whatever. also to being able to say right then and there, okay, what kind of exposure do you have? What kind of soil do you have? I'm sorry, don't buy it. <laughs> don't go there. I'm glad that you're willing to say that because I think so often people 
you know, you fall in love with a plant and you don't realize, oh, that is just not going to work in it's your garden. It's not going to work. And yeah. I, I had a lot of conversations with people when we used to sell plant starts at farmer's markets. And I think I tried to talk as many people out of buying some, especially for some reason, Good tomato for plants. You. Good for you. Because it was, you know, you'd say, how much sun do you have? Well, I have like two hours in the morning and then it's mostly shady. I'm like, that tomato plant is just going to die a horrible, sad death. Do yeah. not buy it. Yeah. And sometimes they would just buy it anyway and they just feel sad that it's going to its doom. Yeah. But... I think it's good to be honest with people and help them have a better garden experience. Oh yeah, I, I used to work in nurseries doing consults and can you imagine trying to sell people stuff that isn't going to thrive, especially when you're representing a nursery that's going to be there the following year and the year after and the year after. I mean, you know, word gets around that these people are just trying to talk you into plants. It does. Sometimes I have to say, and it's, it's important to understand that plants do need care and that you know, just because it might thrive, and oh yeah, you have a similar garden space, it could thrive in your garden too, doesn't mean that it will if you don't provide it with, you know, the right soil amendment, or maybe you have to water it, or maybe it doesn't like a lot of water, so don't overwater it. And I think understanding those dynamics is sometimes hard for people to grasp if they're newer to gardening. I have to interrupt you for a minute. Uh -huh. There are people who are over by the plant cell plants, and I'm looking at their hands behind your head. Oh, like the, they're are they not gonna... grabbing them yet. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it... I, we're hidden by shrubs here, but I see the hand reaching over to the plant sale plants, but then they put them back. It's That's okay. Good. Maybe they're, they're just doing some pre-shopping. They're walking away. They're pre-shopping. Okay. okay, it's good. Yeah. It's, it's all right. Yeah, we don't have a greenhouse. We don't have any place to hide our plants, and so they're pretty much out in the open. <laughs> we did make these very funky fence pieces out of driftwood to put in front of them so, to make it look a little less attractive. But yes, you can walk up and steal all our plants. So. Don't tell people that. Well, <laughs> it's Manzanita. We like to think that it's a safe place for plants. It, I think it probably will be. I will say that this show is airing kind of right in the middle of your online plant sale. Oh, that's right. Um, yes. So the week that this is airing, it's going to be right in the middle. So so if you are hearing us talking about this amazing plant sale, you can absolutely go online. So where would be the website that they would order from? Is it the Hoffman Center? For it, the is the, it is the Hoffman Center. And just go to the events page. So it's uh, hoffmanarts.org. And then go immediately to the events page. And you'll see the Wonder Garden plant sale. And then you'll open it up and you'll see the plants that we have. And it's, uh, it's the, the putting the database together was, um, yeah, it's done. <laughs> hopefully, you, it, hopefully you can use it use for it many years to come. Year. Yeah, awesome. exactly. That's fantastic. So you can pre-order your plants and come pick them up on, on September 10th, 10th yes. in person. Or, and you're also welcome to come shop on the 10th. Mm -hmm. And we'll also have um, a metal artist from Portland, Oregon, uh, who owns a really wonderful uh, concern called Indio Art, Metal Arts, and she'll have trellises, really oh. unusual and cool trellises. Is that one that I'm looking at right now, is that something similar to her work over there? No, or? no, that is, I think that's commercially made. I've it's been beautiful. shopping that around for 30 years <laughs> of my life and put it in here. It's gorgeous, it's very but so pretty. cool metal trellises. Yeah, very uh, whimsical and artistic, and you may or may not even want to cover them up with vines, but just have tall grasses in front of them so you can watch them come and go. But also, you know, we'll have, it's a fundraiser. We're have some looking other cool for stuff. ways to raise funds. Yeah. 
I, um, I think it's a wonderful reason to come to Manzanita if you're in the area or drive down here, drive up here from someplace else. This, is, this garden is worth a visit. I am so impressed with it. It's really beautiful. It's a lovely space to hang out in too. I imagine if you come on the 10th, it's gonna be a lot busier than it is now. No, it's relative. It's big enough to absorb an awful lot of people. It is. Yeah. But it's yeah. fun. And now that I know this is here, I look forward to coming back over the years and seeing how it evolves because it's beautiful. And I am really loving watching all the people wander through it as you we've see? been sitting here you talking. You see how many people are in here? It's really nice to see. And even if they're just wandering through, they're stopping and looking. They're looking at the plants. They're pointing things out. They're enjoying the space, which is doing exactly what Yep. you planned. Yep. And again, I mean, it's a showpiece, which is why my three foot holes of the plants that gave up in August is, uh, you know, it's a challenge. It's a challenge. It is, but I think it's with all those things. You probably see those three foot holes much more That's than anybody all else I does. See. I know, but you shouldn't <laughs> because there's so many beautiful plants. It is yes, I know. such a lovely I know. space. Can I tell you something? Absolutely. I have never sat here this long. <laughs> in the garden and just relaxed and watched people and enjoyed it. Are you enjoying that? I am. <laughs> I love being Maybe you need to do here. this more, Ketzel. Oh, I know. It's, you know, I'm actually calm. <laughs> well, that's, that's great. That's what gardens are supposed to be. They are. Places I think it's to calm you down. And... I think that oftentimes we can create a space like that and other people will come and be calm and have a wonderful calm experience. But when you're the gardener, or yes. in my case, the farmer, you're not, not how you're experiencing I imagine <laughs> every gardener who's listening to us is is feeling that way, like, wow, maybe I should go there just to relax because I don't have to do anything. I think you should. I encourage all gardeners to come and sit in this garden and just look at somebody else's work and somebody else's plant selection and be inspired, be totally inspired to see what can grow here on the coast. If you're lucky, you'll come here on a day when Quetzal is here in the garden and she has Milo, the most beautiful dog who is so affectionate and sweet and just like practically hugging my arm right now. Yeah. He's really yeah. sweet. This is just a delightful community space. You're, I've, just, you're just a nice person. No, I'm really, I'm, I'm, oh, go ahead, deny I'm not it. a nice person. Go deny it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I just, I, I love spaces like this because I also experience, I mean, you see a lot of parks and public spaces and gardens all up and down the coast. And I, this is one of the most inviting ones that I've experienced. And I think that's a really wonderful thing because so often our public spaces, now people are thinking about them almost in terms of like, how do we get people to not hang out there? You know, worst case, you don't want anyone to sleep there, God forbid, or you don't, you know, it's like, we don't want vagrants hanging out there. You don't want somebody to skateboard through there. So to see a garden where it's just a complete welcome mat, you're inviting people in, there's benches to sit in, there's, you know, tables and chairs. There's it's very plant heavy too. I mean, you know, yeah. there's plenty of open spaces, but it's true, you cannot really recreate in here. There's not much room to it's, do that. Yeah. It's like wandering, contemplating plants, yeah. being inspired, maybe sitting. I could see reading a book here. I've seen people reading. Having a conversation as we are having. Yeah. It's a lovely space. Isn't it ridiculous that we're marveling over what it's like to sit still <laughs> in a garden? It is. I, I mean, this is the whole point of gardens going back, you know, uh, a thousand years, 1500 years, pleasure gardens. Yeah, this is giving me some ideas. I think uh, I need to reevaluate uh, my life. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, it's, you're, you're dangerous, dangerous. Yeah. This is a dangerous garden. 
but also beautiful. And so for those of you that been, have been listening to us, um, I've been talking to Quetzal Levine, and we're sitting in the Wonder Garden of the Hoffman Center for the Arts in Manzanita. Um, it's on Lanita, La Lanita, the main street, the main street mm -hmm. um, two blocks down from 101. Yeah, which is honestly, I mean, I know there's some traffic and some ambient noises here, but it's it's relatively peaceful yeah. in this garden. It's a really beautiful space. Um, they're having a plant sale in early September. It's online from the, the first through the ninth for the first through the eighth through so, the eighth. So you'll have two more days to shop. Okay. And if you don't see what you want right now online, mm -hmm. we have that and more on in person. But if you're coming from the Astoria area, come early. It starts at nine. No, oh. I think I lied. Be here at nine. It starts at ten. Okay. <laughs> come early. Wander into town. Yeah. Get a cup of coffee. Hang out in the garden. Hang out in the garden. Be inspired, and then hit the sale yeah. um, on September 10th. It's going to be amazing. Thanks for sharing this space. It's this has been pleasure. delightful. It's been a, a delightful pleasure. conversation. Thank you so much, Ketzel. And thanks to everybody for joining us. And uh, we'll talk to you next time.